Okay. This is the wonderful thing with technology. I'm going to ask for patience as we go this. We're trying new things to try to get better sounds so it doesn't sound echoey or so it doesn't sound like I'm speaking from a closet so that you guys can hear better. I did a bunch of tests this week with a, a Bluetooth mic and it seemed to be fine, but for some reason it's not working real great today, so we'll have to check that out throughout the week and, and see why that was having an issue. So thank you for your patience. Um, that means you probably didn't hear the announcements or the prayers before. Um, the announcements are real basic. Uh, no Tivoli, um, they've canceled that. We uh, are still having Bible studies. Check our website for that or our Facebook page. We'll post them as they come up, but we're doing one Wednesday night and then Saturday morning men's group is meeting still, so please join us there uh, through the valid links. Um, let's take a moment to just open up in prayer and uh, give me a chance to kind of regroup as we go through this. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we Kneel before your throne, for you are a glorious God, the creator of the heaven, the earth, the seen, the unseen, and we are in awe of your greatness, of your majesty, of your mercy and your grace that you share with us. And so, Lord, we give thanks that we're able to come together, that during this time of isolation, we can still come together via the technology that we have nowadays, and we are thankful for that. We're also thankful for the fact that that technology stretches past just these walls, but into the community, into our country, throughout the world even, Lord, for whoever chooses to just click on it or share it or to listen to the message that will be given today. And so, Lord God, I ask that you are present, that this is your moment, that this is your time, that your wisdom and your truth are spoken, and that your Holy Spirit dwells upon the hearts who hear it. Lord, we pray all of this in your holy name. Amen. Now we're in John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8, where Jesus is talking about being the true vine. He shares with us the very fact that he is the source of our strength, of our place amongst the vine, the branch, the fruit that is bared from us comes directly from him. Now, where we used to live, we had a little bit of land, so we were able to have a big garden, but we also grew uh, or planted many fruit trees. Now, these fruit trees, uh, we had apple trees and pear trees, and our apple trees started producing within about two to three years. We started getting little apples on them. They weren't very edible. They would fall off early because they were young and they didn't have a good growing season going yet. But people could identify what those trees were. But we had two pear trees, and those two pear trees took about six years before they started producing even much for blooms to help identify what they were. And it was about six to eight years that it was before they started producing fruit. And I would have to tell people all the time what they were. People would come in and, oh, what are those? They don't look like apple trees. And I'd have to explain to them that they were a pear tree because the fruit wasn't there. It wasn't being seen. It wasn't identifying the tree that it was coming from. Today, the scripture that we're reading from, verses 1 through 8 here in chapter 15 of the Gospel of John, talks exactly about that. It talks about the fruit that comes from the vine. And so I want to take a few moments as we explore this to ask ourselves the fruit that's in our lives and does it identify us to the vine 
that we're attached to and what vine are we attached to that it's identifying us of. So if you would, please, stand with me at home if you so wish to do so. As I read from chapter 15, verse uh, 1 through 8, Jesus begins and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. And just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire and they are burned. And if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you to hear your wisdom, to learn your word. So we ask that you open our hearts, that you open our minds to take it in, to understand it, and to let it be a change factor in our lives. For Lord, don't let it fall upon deaf ears and and a a stone-cold heart but let our hearts be warmed and risen up by it and let our mind be changed by it. Lord, this is our prayer. Amen. So here at the beginning in verse one, we hear Jesus make a very bold declaration. It's one of the I am declarations that he makes in John. In fact, it's the last one that he will make while he's here teaching his disciples. He kind of declares that I am the true vine. What Jesus is reminding us is that if we attach ourselves to anything else, we're going to bear the fruit from that. And like any garden, there are things that can creep in and kill out a plant from being very productive. There are diseases that can attach itself. There are creepers and, and sucker branches that can come in and, and kill that plant off. And what Jesus is reminding us is if we aren't attached to the true vine, if we aren't at the true source, we find ourselves in a broken place. We find ourselves in a place that sets us up for failure, who sets us up for a non-eternal status. If we go back He says, "I am the true vine and my father is the gardener." So he's relating himself back to the Father, that he is the true vine, he's the source of everything that we need as as humans, that he is the point of all good that comes into us. But he reminds us that the Father is the gardener or the vine dresser you might have in your translations. And what that is there to do is remind us that there's a relationship between the Father and the Son. All this time in in chapters 13 and 14, he's been making that Um, declaration that he is in the Father and the Father is him. They are the same. What comes from the Father is what he gives and what he gives is what comes from the Father. And so here he's reminding us that there's a, a, a close relationship that is unbreakable 
between the two of them, that while he is the vine, that the true vine we should search for, the father is the gardener, the one who cares for the vine, the one who loves the vine, the one who brings forth the, the beauty of the vine. But for us, he continues on in verse two, he says, every branch that is be that does not produce fruit, he removes, meaning God the Father. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Christians, what we need to think about or what we need to watch is this. Are we open to being pruned by the Father? See, those trials that we walk through, this very situation we find ourselves in right now, as we go through this time of isolation, these trials, these troubles, these stresses, the the fact that many people are worried about whether their next paycheck is coming or not, whether they're gonna be able to get food when they go to the grocery store, whether or not they're gonna contract the coronavirus. There's a lot of worry, there's a lot of stress that's going on. See, all those are trials that we can choose to walk through in one of two ways. We can do so attached to the vine and let that be our source of strength, our source of nutrients, per se, or we can be removed from it and be on our own. In fact, it's not even being on our own. As we go on in verse three, four, and five, we see it even more clearly what happens to that which is removed from the vine. He says to those who are with him, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So what he's reminding them is, is because you're with me, because you have faith in me, you are clean. You've been accepted by the Father. Now remain in me and I in you just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. Jesus is reminding us that if we don't want to be pruned off or if we don't want to be removed from the vine, I don't want to say pruned because pruning is something you do to help the plant grow, to help the vine produce better fruit. You take the stuff out of it that isn't good. And we'll go back and talk about that here in a second. But what Jesus is reminding us is that if we're not on the vine, if we're not attached to him, we can't do any good. It's impossible to do any good removed from him. See now, that should make us think for a second. Where do we stand? Are we attached to that vine or have we attached ourselves to another vine? Have we looked for a source of joy or a source of happiness in something else other than Jesus Christ? Have we looked for a source of strength and courage in something other than Jesus Christ? And if so, Jesus here is telling us that because you're not attached to him, but attached to this other vine, the not true vine, there's no good that's gonna come from it. There's no fruit that is gonna be good, that is gonna be, bar- that is gonna be grown from it. I want you to think about that for a second. If you've chosen to attach yourself to a different vine, if you've chosen to place your trust, your faith, your happiness, your joy, your strength, your courage in anything but Jesus Christ, you can't expect it to be good. You can't expect it to bear fruit that is plentiful and good and healthy. Something that brings joy into your life. As Jesus is saying, if you've attached that attached any of that to that other vine, you're not in him. And if you're not in him, then the Father's gonna remove you. Now the problem with being removed from the vine 
means is we're no longer being nourished by that vine. And so if we've chosen to attach ourselves to the vine that isn't the true vine, if we've attached ourselves to anything other than Jesus Christ, we're not being nourished by Jesus Christ anymore. We're not being nourished by the Father. We're not being cared for and pruned and being prepared to produce good fruit by the Father and by Jesus Christ. No, instead what we're being prepared by is something that is finite, something that will come to an end, something that might even be destructive or hurtful in our lives. And so we have to be cautious about what we attach ourselves to, what we find our strength in, what we, where we are growing out of. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Our Jesus' final words should ring true in our heart to remind us that without Christ in our lives, that which we are producing is not good. It's not helpful, it's not safe, and it's not edifying to the church, to the people around us, to our families. In fact, what we're doing is we're bringing in chaos and destruction because it's being fueled by something else other than Jesus Christ. He continues on in verse six, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. So in other words, you're removed completely from the vine and you're pushed aside and because you're no longer being nourished by Jesus Christ, you begin to wither. And many of us have felt that in our lives when we've pursued things that are not of God and all of us have done it at some point in our lives. It, it's a natural human thing that we go through. But what we're seeing in that is Jesus is reminding us that when that happens, when we remove ourselves from the vine and we pursue other things and we allow other um, other sources to be our strength, we're removed and we begin to wither away. We're lesser than what we were when we were attached to Jesus Christ. And then he doesn't even stop there. He says, you know, you're thrown aside and you wither, but then they're gathered up, thrown into the flames, and they are burned. So in other words, they just become garbage. That's a hard message to hear, isn't it? To know that when we remove ourselves from the vine, when we don't attach ourselves to the vine of Jesus Christ, the world sees us just as garbage. See, we can confuse this all the time, all we want by having people blow it up and sit there and say, no, that's a good thing. You don't need to be attached to God. Religion's a stupid thing. It's mind-numbing or it's, it's, it's mind-altering to the point of brainwashing, right? We hear this all the time, but the truth of it is is when we're removed from the vine of Jesus Christ, when we're not in relationship in Christ and with Christ. We become nothing more than something that is pushed aside, allowed to wither, and then scooped up and burned as garbage. And so my heart goes out for those people who feel like they're in that position right now. Right? I mean, this is the thing that a lot of us feel at certain points in our time that God's no longer with us and that we've, we've, we don't feel him in our lives. We don't feel that that, that sense of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us and setting us on fire. And that usually happens when we're going through difficult times. But the fact is, is we have to make sure that we're still attached to the right vine, that we haven't latched on to something else that is coming down the line. See, there are many things that will hold themselves up as being the true vine. That's why Jesus has to make the comment that he is the true vine, because even in this day and age, that Jesus is speaking to his disciples, there were people holding themselves as being the source. 
of all sorts of different things, such as wisdom and happiness and glory and everything else that we can think of. And so Jesus makes the declaration that I'm the true vine, that when you're attached to me and I'm in you and you're in me, then you have a source that is building you up, that is full of nutrition and full of goodness and and can withstand the tough times. But we can choose to attach ourselves to a different vine. It's called grafting and gardening. You can cut a branch and you can slice it and put it into another vine and it will naturally grow into that. And we can choose to graft ourselves to whatever vine we choose to do so. It could be a job. It could be a relationship. It could be the government. It could be anything that we place our hope in other than God himself. And the problem is, is all those things will come and go because none of them are infinite. None of them are eternal like God is. And eventually they will fail because they are nothing more than created. And everything in creation has an end point. It's sort of like an expiration date when you walk in to buy your milk and you look at the expiration date. And you see that this one's only good for like three days more before it hits expired, but this one's good for like two weeks because it just got there. You're gonna grab the newer one, right? But no matter which one you grab, there's an expiration date. No matter what source you go to inside the world, it has an expiration date. Only Jesus Christ, only God himself is eternal with no expiration date. Everything else will come and go, but the true vine, the one who will bring the source of strength, the source of faith, the source of hope, that is eternal as Jesus Christ. So be cautious not to find yourself as a non-producing fruit or grafted to the wrong branch because of what will come from it. He continues on in verse seven, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, so in other words, if, if you are in me and I'm in you, and you do that which I would do, in other words, you're in the will of Jesus Christ, then we can have this promise that whatever you want, or you can ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. Now we have to be cautious with this verse. This verse gets used an awful lot that if we just pray in the name of Jesus Christ, he will bring us whatever we pray for. But that first section and in the whole context of of John chapter 14 and 15 is this fact that we have to find ourselves in the will of God, that we have to be in and attached to this vine, right? We can't just find ourselves uh, doing these things that are non-godly and asking God to bless us and expect him to bless us. So what Jesus is saying here in this particular verse is that, listen, When you're in me and I'm in you, then your will, your desire, let me get to that here real quick, that your desire will be aligned with God's desire because you're together, you're in alignment, sort of not to the extent or the full extent that Jesus and uh, God the Father are in alignment with each other because we can never quite reach that status as, as humans. We're always going to have to battle that sinful nature that we have. But when we're in Christ, when we're attached to the vine, our desire will be that which he is giving us. And so when he says this, what he's telling us is that when you're in me and I'm in you, you will come to a place where when you open up your prayer, your prayer is going to be to serve God, to glorify God, and because it glorifies God, he will grant those prayers. 
that should be a sign of hope in our lives, that the more we come in alignment, the more we find ourselves attached to the vine and being fed by that vine and producing the fruit of that particular vine, Jesus Christ, the more our desires will be met. Why? Because our desires will be in alignment with Jesus Christ. And so we'll find our prayers being answered more. We'll find ourselves in in a place of, of strength when we go to prayer because we know that we're praying about things that God cares about. I know there are many prayers being petitioned right now, but if your prayers aren't to a God who has the power to do anything about it, your prayers are empty. But if you attach to the vine of Jesus Christ, finding yourself with him and him with you, now start praying in alignment with his will, you'll find your prayers suddenly have strength and power and depth. Because why they glorify God. In the end section here, he says, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. See, the fruit of our lives helps us understand what branch we're attached to. And the question we have to ask is, what does our fruit look like? See, when we're attached to the vine of Jesus Christ, there's a certain fruit that is produced by it. Why? Because that fruit comes from God. He shapes us. He comes in and he lovingly cares for us in various ways. And yes, sometimes he may have to snip here and remove this thing because it's actually draining our ability or taking away from our health. And he removes it from us, but he leaves us whole to be able to produce the fruit that he wills it to produce. And see, when we open ourselves up and we find ourselves attached to the vine and we allow the Father to start pruning us and shaping us to change our hearts to be fully and completely designed to bear the fruit that he purposes for us so that we can glorify him and and be identified as his children attached to him, right? That's the purpose of the scriptures to sit there and say, the fruit that we produce talks about who we're attached to. And all for the glory of God, all for Jesus Christ. And so as we go through this week, as we come into a place of deeper understanding of what it means to be attached to the vine, the one true vine, Jesus Christ, and finding ourselves with him and in him, and allowing God to reach in and prune us, to shape us as he wills us to be shaped knowing that in that process becomes a strength within us to know that we will be producing good fruit. We have to ask ourselves, what does our fruit look like and does it glorify God? Do we, as believers in Jesus Christ, go beyond just believing in Jesus Christ and are actually part of Jesus Christ? Are we attached to Jesus Christ? to the place where when our fruit comes out of us, when those things that we do, whether it's conversation, whether it's the way we pursue life, however we produce fruit, fruit is not just a thing or a work, it's how we live life. Does it glorify God so that people around us can see that we're of the vine of Jesus Christ? Or do we have to be like my pear trees in our old garden and have someone tell everybody or us identify ourselves as being of Christ. 
See, we need to give the testimony of the gospel. We need to share that openly and fully and completely, but our lives should be a continuation of that gospel declaration, not simply us talking about Jesus Christ, but us showing what it means to be of Jesus Christ. When we live our lives in that way, we don't have to worry about the question about what does our fruit look like because when we live our lives in accordance to the way that Christ teaches us to live, to teach and share his gospel, to do those things that he was doing on earth, then people won't have to have someone identify us as being followers of Jesus Christ. They will know we are a follower of Jesus Christ because it will be self-evident. Our speech will declare it. Our actions will show it. And so this week, as we go into week three of isolation and we start to prepare ourselves for what may come down the road, we can make that choice to make sure and take this time that we are attached to the true vine and that we're allowing God to prune out anything that might be trying to reach out for a different vine to find strength in it so that we can be pure and full and complete the way that God wants us to be. And that through all of it, through all the pruning, through all the shaping and through all the nutrients, excuse me, nurturing and nutrients that God gives us, we become more and more what he wants us to be so that we can glorify him fully and completely in our full lives. I want to take a moment and pray. Um, Like I said earlier, if you're a guest and this is the first time you've sat and listened to us and you were gracious enough and and patient enough to uh, sit through while we went through our technical difficulties this morning, um, I want you to be able to post a comment on what you need prayer for and know that we'll pray for you. But let's lift up a general prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we lift up this community, Portage, Wisconsin, Columbia County, and all the various areas and cities that are within it. Lord, there are many people who have anxiety and fear about what's going on. We ask that they find comfort in you, that they come to you and find peace. But Lord, we also ask that those of us who have the ability to help, reach out and help those who need it, Lord, this is an opportunity for us to show exactly what it means to support one another, to be in a body of Christ together. And so, Lord God, we ask for the strength and the courage to do so, to reach out and make that phone call if we're feeling someone on our heart, to ask that neighbor next to us if they need us when we're running to the grocery store to pick something else uh, up for them that they need to stop and listen to what people are speaking of and what they're posting online and and offer up prayer and support when we see it, not just to hit a like or a sad face, but to actually take a moment and engage that person to let them know that they're loved and cared for. Lord, there are so many ways that we can serve you even in this current time. And where we feel we're being hamstringed and held back, Lord God, your Holy Spirit, and set this world on fire. Lord, let this church be a sign of your hope and an arm of your love. 
Lord, may all your followers glorify you so that there's never a question about which branch they're attached to. Lord, we pray for your hope, your comfort, and your peace. Hope to know that whatever comes tomorrow will only last for a day and that you will bring another. Courage to continue to glorify and boldly proclaim your truths and your wisdom. And peace of mind to know that whatever comes, we are your children through Christ. Lord, this is our prayer. In your holy name, amen. Thank you for your patience. Please take this week to have an opportunity to share God's love and share his gospel with someone. Be a ray of hope in their life as God has been a ray of hope in your life so that they may know him and come to him and be attached to the true vine. Have a blessed Sunday and thank you again for your patience.